Welcome to the Art of Vibrancy podcast. It's a place where inspired experts distill their brilliance down into simple, practical advice that you can use right away. It's eight minutes, it's four questions, and it's one practical piece of advice that you can put into use today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Art of Vibrancy podcast. Today, we are so fortunate to have with us Katie Schmidt. Katie, how are you today and where are you from? I'm doing well, Rob. How are you doing? I'm doing absolutely great, thanks. Yeah, top of the world here. (laughs) Good, good. Well, I just think about our different energies because you're in, you know, England at 4 p.m. and I'm in California in the San Francisco Bay Area and it's nine here. Yeah, yeah. I've been to San Luis. I was when I was in a band in America. I worked in San Luis Obispo, which is oh yeah, the university town south of there. Yeah. Yes, I've been to Slow. We have we you? have a acronym for it. Yeah, it's a lovely oh, right. place. Yes, yes. Have you Slow? Yeah, I like that San Luis. Yeah. Obispo. <laughs> right. I'll let me just tell our audience a little bit about you, Katie. Okay. And then we'll get on with the interview. Four questions in eight minutes, as you know. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) Katie, today's episode, by the way, is called Cultivating a Peaceful Non-Diet Relationship with Food. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. As a behavioral food therapist, Katie supports clients globally to cultivate a peaceful relationship with food, mind, and body. Katie blends training in eating, psychology, holistic nutrition, mental health, and mindfulness to help clients adopt perspectives and practices for eating and living in an intentional, intuitive way. I love that. That's that's such, I'd love to be trained by you, Katie. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Perfect. you. So we're going to go for it. Four questions in eight minutes, starting now. All right, Katie, let's get going. Let's roll. <laughs> What, in your experience, is the biggest problem that people face as they age with regarding to staying healthy, well, and positive? So they know they want to change, but what stops them from changing? What are the roadblocks? Yeah, such a good question, Rob. Well, I think that we all have a unique, unique experience as we age, but I've worked with clients from age 20 to 85, and I've seen that our bodies change naturally over time. But as humans, we don't do well with change, right? It makes us feel very uncomfortable. And we feel like our bodies failed us or, you know, we're not good enough or we're doing something wrong. So we look outside of ourselves for answers, for solutions. And so I feel like the biggest challenge is that we're disconnected from ourselves, from our body. We don't know what our body is telling us. We don't, we haven't learned how to tune into it. And so we get trapped into kind of that diet mentality. So that's the biggest challenge, the diet mentality and being disconnected. And when we trust more something outside of us than our own selves and body and emotions, we operate from this place of fear, disconnection, distrust, and that just perpetuates that negative feedback loop in the way that we relate to food and body and ourselves and our mind. And that leads to food guilt and fear, preoccupation, emotional eating. And that takes a huge toll on us, on our physical health. It kind of adds to that stress load at the nervous system level, our immunity, 
and our digestion, but it also takes a toll on our mental and emotional well-being. Uh, that's absolutely that's I get the same with my clients that yeah you know they've lost touch with that knowing your own body and your and you talk about eating intuitively don't you mm-hmm. and that is that we've lost the talent to do that so I understand that and I think that's something our audience we need to get back in touch with ourselves absolutely and that idea of intuitive eating And that instinct sounds kind of woo-woo, but there's actually skill and mindfulness involved. And those are the tools that I help my clients acquire for creating that, strengthening that connection and attunement. And it's rooted in the science of mindfulness. Yeah, it sounds brilliant. Right, (laughs) question number two, Katie. So what are the common mistakes or misconceptions that people have about solving that problem of being out of touch? Yes. So when we're in that hamster wheel (laughs) of diet mentality and the all or nothing black and white thinking, there's two common mistakes or misconceptions. One is that we focus on weight as the best indicator for our health. And we know, though, in research that we can be healthy in larger bodies and we can be unhealthy in smaller bodies. And so you know, weight is not the best indicator. And we want to be looking at our health from this broader, more holistic perspective of not just physical health and with physical health, not just weight, but also, you know, our digestion, our stress, our quality of sleep, things like that, but also look at our mental health and emotional well-being, and then our connection with ourselves, with others, the quality of our relationships with nature, with the environment around us. So that would be one misconception that weight is the end-all be-all. The second misconception is that we believe in order to get to a better place, we have to tighten our grip. We have to be more disciplined, have more willpower. But in reality, it's counterintuitive, but we actually want to loosen our grip. We want to be more flexible and responsive and adaptive and permissive. And I write about this on Medium. I've written an article on this concept of permission and giving ourselves unconditional permission to turn towards ourselves, to acknowledge our emotions, to honor our hunger, and how that actually helps us get yeah. to a better, better point. And this is a key pillar in my work with my clients, because when we tighten our grip, it leads to that stress response that I was mentioning. Yeah. And you know, then we turn to food as like, it's the answer, but then it's also the problem (laughs) all in one. And, you know, food is only the symptom, but we use food to get non-food needs met. And that becomes kind of the challenge for us. And that's problematical. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, the common mistakes to summarize are, we think that food's the problem. We need to focus on our weight and then we must tighten the grip to have more willpower and discipline. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And really people need to, well, you've explained it very beautifully. I won't, we won't elaborate because the time will run out. <laughs> yeah. Are we doing absolutely beautiful. People can find out more from your website. So we'll talk about that in a moment too. Perfect. And we're doing great. We've got two and a half minutes left. So okay. question number three, what's the number one tip you could give our audience to help them right now today? So something tangible. Yes, exactly. I'm really excited about this. I'm really glad you asked this question because one, I love tangible and two, I love 
but feeling like we can distill it down to like one key thing that can really help move the needle. So the number one tip or suggestion that I would encourage everyone listening to explore and experiment with is to create quiet space in your day, to pause, to reflect, to reconnect. Because if our challenge is disconnection, being in our head, looking at things outside of ourselves for solutions, for answers, not trusting ourselves, we wanna interrupt that autopilot we're on in our days of just kind of being reactive. And so creating this quiet space to pause and reflect can help to kind of interrupt autopilot. So to give an example of how that looks, what it can look like in our days, I'm curious, Rob, if you can think about a time in your day (laughs) when you feel you could be more attentive or more mindful, or just a bit more connected. Could you share a time in your day where you time feel this day apply? <laughs> where I get on, on autopilot. This happens regularly for me. I get involved with work, with with doing this, the podcast and videos and things. And I think I must do it. I must do it. And when I have my lunch, I've got to be careful after lunch about hitting a brick wall. So after I've had a little bit of food midday. I would say that would be a good time to stop. Got it. So after you're, you've eaten and before you kind of get into your work afternoon, yeah, afternoon yeah. time of work? A break. Okay, yeah. a break. Yeah. That's a perfect example. A lot of my clients also talk about that lunch time and needing to give themselves a break. So I think a lot of us can relate listening to this. So in that moment, it is a transitional moment where you finish lunch and you're getting back into work. In that moment, if we can think of pausing, like literally hitting pause, and we can step back and ask ourselves two questions. The first question is, what do I feel? And then the second question is, what do I need? I hear the beeping, so I'm going to wrap this up. This is great. That is so good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't stop. Yeah. Okay. So what do I feel is checking in with what does my body feel? So energetically, am I tired? Am I anxious? Do I have an extra energy that I need to expend? And then also, how do I feel emotionally? Am I, you know, anxious or am I just sad or lonely or bored? And understanding how we feel makes it easier to know what we need to do. Because a lot of times we reach for food to get non-food needs met. So we can identify what we feel. We can identify what we need. How do I feel? What was the other thing? Then what do I need? What do I need? How do I feel? What do I need? Mm-hmm. That's absolutely perfect. Brilliant, Katie. One more question. What free resource would you like to share with our audience? And I can put links underneath the podcast so people can find whatever you're talking about. Perfect. So I would love to share. I have a free guide to overcoming emotional eating on my website. And it kind of walks you through what I've just shared about this process of pausing, stepping back, identifying what you're needing, what you're feeling. And it also has an emotion will at the end of that guide. So we can identify what are those emotions because we don't, we lack the vocabulary for how we're feeling. So I would love for people to check that out, even if it's not emotional eating that they're challenged by, it will be a helpful process. And just say your website address. It's wholenourishment.net. So whole, W-H-O-L-E, nourishment.net. Wholenourishment.net. Perfect. Katie, you've been an absolutely wonderful guest. I'd like to thank you on behalf of all our listeners and for myself. 
absolutely fascinating. We could talk for hours, but uh, I think we could. <laughs> we must go. Thanks so much and see you soon. Bye. Bye. Sounds good. Thank you, Rob. Thanks for checking out the Art of Vibrancy podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us and leave a review and I'll love you forever. And if you'd like to try my energy boosting, inflammation busting, brain and body food breakfast, head over to www.breakfastofbrilliance.com and download the recipe today. See you soon. Bye.